Welcome everyone. This is Sit Down with Sid podcast, episode number eight. And today I have a very special guest, a friend of mine, all the way from Hong Kong. She is a certified clinical hypotherapist with over eight years of experience. She specializes in anxiety, depression, anger management, fears, phobias, sports performance, pain management, hypnotherapy for Alzheimer's, and much, much more. She had her bachelor's in psychology and sociology from Carleton University in Canada, and then she went to get her certification in hypnosis and hypnotherapy from the Hypnotherapy Training Institute which is in San Francisco, California. Also, something interesting about her. In 1999, she wrote, published, and marketed two successful travel and shopping guides on Hong Kong. With her successful practice, she has helped transform many people's lives with her kindness and compassion. That being said, let's welcome Ellen McNally. Hi, Ellen. How are you? Hi, Sid. I'm good. Thank you for that introduction. Uh, I hope I, I did an okay job there, right? Yeah, yeah. We could have gone on for a few more hours on that alone. But uh, yeah, thank you for inviting me to this podcast. I'm really excited. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy, as you can see. I'm, I'm excited as well to have you on the podcast, you know. Uh, so, Alan, uh, before we get into the hypnosis, hypnotherapy, I just want you to Tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your family background, etc. You know. Well, um, how how far do I go back? When uh, I came to Hong Kong, when I was close to forty, and that's when I had my two children. Uh, and prior to that, for twenty years, I worked in marketing in Canada marketing research. When I came here, I, I, I was simply thinking this is an opportunity to raise my kids. And I did that for, for 10 to 12 years, but you know, kids get sick of their mother tagging around in them and I, I got the message. And uh, I, I was looking around for what to do and it was kind of a time in history that just something just fell on my lap. It was a time when China opened up. My husband came to do business in China. We decided to base in Hong Kong. And Hong Kong was the place, uh, you know, 10 years before I came where all international tourists came to buy at outlets because all the big brands were here. And by the time we arrived, China had opened up and everyone had gone to, to manufacture in China. And nobody had these great outlets to shop from anymore. So I had overheard that there was this place across the border that was selling, you know, all these, uh, you know, everything from, from fashion, from brands for copies, uh, jewelry, uh, dressmakers, just you bring a dress, they'll copy it. You know, it was like, wow. And uh, the second I heard, about this friend was telling me in my mind, I thought, I'm going to write a book about this. I just felt that the time was right. So, and I'm not a shopper. I don't like shopping. I buy all my clothes from one outline, out, uh, uh, you know, online outlet. So 
long story short, I wrote the book. I wrote a few updates, um, but you know, it was kind of fun because I learned to, I, I met you, you helped me with my website and my SEO and got me on the, you know, on the first page overnight. Uh, but it got to a point where it just was not satisfying. And I, I spent a long time trying to figure out what I wanted. And it's, it's really hard to be in that in-between stage when you know that, you know, it sounds crazy, but you know you're meant for something more important and you can't put your finger on it. And my brother, Michael, who's a friend of yours, uh, announced to the family that he had pancreatic cancer. And of course, any family just comes together at a time like that. It's it's traumatic for everybody. And long story short, he was an athlete. He ran 10K a day every morning. He'd wake up at the before sunrise. And he had to go through, he caught it in time. He's still alive. But he had to go through uh, like a very long operation on all his digestive organs. And he was afraid that he wouldn't be able to be his, his athletic self, the, the thing that he cherished most in the day. And so he decided to do hypnosis to help him recover from the from, from the surgery. And this was a 10, 12 hour operation. And he, you know, uh, once he woke up, once he, uh, after a few hours, he got out of bed. He, you know, his mind was focused. Five days later, he was running. This is not the, the 10 minute mile, but he was running. He had, he had in a way, uh, focused his mind and his energies and his attention on healing his body. It just focused all his resources. And five days later, he was running. And, you know, he'd already told us that. And, and, and that's what he did. And of course, today he's still running. Um, and, and I thought, that's what I'm going to do. It was just like, it was just like a light went off, just happened so, for me. So, so, was, so is it correct to say that it was the inspiration, your brother's uh, experience yeah. was inspiration for you becoming a hypnotherapist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother's always been my inspiration, but uh, that one, um, yeah, that, that was, you know, that was the match that, that lit me up and got me going. And I've, I haven't stopped since, you know, I, I uh, immediately uh, figured out where I was gonna study. And, and of course, you know, hypnotherapy is, there are different branches, different approaches. And uh, so I went to my first school and I was regression hypnotherapy. Was this the one in San Francisco where you got your- This is the one in San, that's okay. right. Okay. That's right. So that's but, when the you know, transformation changed. Like you went from marketing to hypnotherapist and, and you said you're going to go to school and this is the path you're going to choose, right? Marketing in Canada, publishing in Hong Kong okay. and being fed up with shopping and, and looking for something meaningful. And, and as soon as, you know, so I went to the school and, and of course, in hypnotherapy, you're, you are constantly updating. They're just, you know, you, 
uh, it, it, there are just so many facets of, of hypnotherapy. Uh, you know, you could remain a generalist, but there are so many fascinating things to learn from, you know, how to help people with IBS completely recover, how to help someone who's heartbroken and, and you know, has been holding on to their, their pain for years, uh, someone who uh, just can't get up and speak at a meeting. It's transformational what you can do. And, you know, the more you do it, the more, uh, you know, the more you can learn. And, and hypnotherapists are a very sharing community. They, you know, you can, you can write to the Facebook groups and say, listen, I've got this kind of client. I've done this and this and this. And, and they'll say, well, try this or try this. So it's, it's, a, it's a field in evolution. It's, it's mushrooming. Uh, yeah. You know, it's funny you said that because I actually uh, read this, um, the psychotherapy theory research and practice, and they published that compared to other forms of therapy, hypnosis ranks number one. And they, uh, based on their findings, they analyzed that hypnotherapy has a 93% success rate after six sessions compared to, listen to these numbers, 72% success rate for behavior therapy after 22 sessions and 38% success rate after 600 sessions for psychotherapy. So, I mean, this is huge. I mean, I was... When I got these numbers, I, I said, let me read it again and again, because this is amazing. Like, I never knew this thing, you know. It's, it's mind-boggling like, how successful this thing is, you know. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, Ellen, let me ask you now, what is the best thing you like about being a hypnotherapist? What drives you? Mm. Uh, you know, I think being in the room when someone is experiencing a transformation, when someone goes from being terrified to suddenly being able to step out of it, or, or uh, you know, when people uh, simply uh, can imagine and practice in their mind, in hypnosis, um, uh, becoming the person they want to be, becoming uh, the best tennis player are, are learning to focus, to, to shut everything out and, and focus. Uh, this is, I mean, it's exciting to be in a room when someone comes in with one perspective and a, and a, you know, a state of mind that is uh, not beneficial, not positive, and to so quickly see it turn around. And, you know, this, this is uh, the power of hypnotherapy. It's, it's different from talk therapy in that, you know, <clears throat> as therapists, we don't really try to, uh, to analyze or to, to explain the problem to, <clears throat> excuse me, to uh, a client. We, we help them get in a state of mind where they can begin to understand themselves, the, the perception they have, how they got that perception, how, how they can just as easily change it. That, that the unconscious mind can be really good at creating anxiety, but it can be equally good at creating calm. It's the message you give it. 
So, um, Alan, I I have a question. I'm sorry to interrupt you. So so <laughs> is is hypnosis? Is it is it a state of trance? Is it a state of mind? Is it uh, is the person subconscious? Are, are they in conscious state of mind? Uh, can you just help me understand a little bit, you know, and our audience? I it's you know I wish I could give you the the precise answer to that question. It's a state of mind. It's a state of uh, of trance. It's uh, you know what it is is a very deep state of calm. If you simply think of of the relaxation response, let's say you uh, you know you look at it from one to ten and you're at ten, uh, deeply relaxed. Uh, hypnosis is just taking you a little bit deeper. You're you're totally conscious. You're totally awake. Uh, you you are so aware. Is it, you're. Is it is it comparable to meditation? Or can I can I? Yeah. Is it right? Yes, it's, it's, it's a form it's, of deeper meditation. Even deeper than meditation, or you know, meditation can the quality the the depth of meditation can can also go on a scale. And, and so can hypnosis. Uh, the only difference between meditation and hypnosis is hypnosis goes in with a reason, with an objective. Uh, we want to accomplish something in this session. And we agree, we agree, the client uh, communicates and, and that is my, my goal, my first step. You know, how do you want to feel at the end of this session? What is it that you want to accomplish? And then we work towards that end. And, and the client is always, you know, it's, it's, diff it's, it's complicated because we say we work with the unconscious. Uh, and people think that means that they remain unconscious, but they don't. They're, they're just like you and me. We, we kind of feel like we're always in a trance. You're right now in a podcast trance, Sid. I'm in an interviewee trance. And, you know, what we do in hypnosis is we allow the person to really relax deeply. And then we let them shift into the trance that they need to shift into to be able to, you know, call on their own resources to know uh, how to how to change a feeling how to look at a situation from another point of view how to step out of it and see themselves and and understand that they're just focusing on this part of the problem and and to look around and um, so you know the idea of hypnosis is to use 100% of your mind instead of the 10% that that you know you and I are using right now you know it's it's kind of an old thing that we've always heard but you know when we think of the unconscious mind we think of everything we believe in we believe it, we think of our thoughts our feelings uh, our energy our habits our our cardiovascular system our pulmonary all the complex systems of the body, they're all working at an unconscious level. Every cell in our body has a, a, a level of unconscious and there's a kind of a, a, a synchronization in our body and in our mind. And our mind is, is not really up here. Our mind is in every cell in our body. Uh, 
So when, when we do hypnosis, you know, I'm not even sure which question you asked me. I'm, I'm off already on. No, no, on okay. a, um, you, you're doing great. Uh, my, the only thing I wanted to uh, just, you know, extend my question to the answer that you were giving is, um, you know, I have, I have read a lot. There is a lot of myth around online. Um, hypnosis and hypnotherapy is the same. Some say it's not. Do you feel a lot of people are reluctant? Do, do, some of them don't consider it safe. Like as, as an expert, what are your, can you just help me, help the audience understand? What a good question. What a good question. That, you know, that question is at the, at the root of a lot of fear about hypnotherapy. Uh, so, well, first, hypnosis and hypnotherapy, they're just different words for the same thing. You know, but hypnosis might be a broader name for it. You know, there are, there are people who do performances. They do hypnosis. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, uh, you know, we could say that there are advertisers who do hypnosis. You don't even realize that it's subliminal. Hypnotherapy is, you know, the act of helping of someone uh, resolve their issue, whether it's one of performing better, whether it's one of resolving a problem. So, uh, so that's the answer to the first question. Uh, so it, the second. Alan, so is it in simple words, is it uh, right to say hypnosis is a tree and hypnotherapy is one of the branches of the tree? You know, it depends on who you ask. It depends on who you ask. It's just, okay. it's, it's not, uh, but it's a more general term. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. But you uh, could say that. Okay. Thank you. Uh, now back and to the part of where, it, like, how much resistance you face from people regarding hypnotherapy and, you know, some are scared of even uh, getting hypnotized. Mm. Uh, you know, that's the, those are two questions that are interesting yeah. to bring together because, uh, you know, when people come in the first time, for sure, they're they're already ready because, you know, they don't come to me out of the blue. They've thought about it. They've they've inquired about it. They've they ha have tried to get over their worries about it. They've done research. Uh, so they're already they have prepped themselves They're in a way they're open. Uh, but. You know, the thing about hypnosis is that you're always conscious. You have always control. If, you know, if I were trying to get you to relax and I was uh, saying, just, just take a few nice, long, slow, deep breaths now. And, and with every uh, breath in, just let yourself relax. And, and what if, you know, you, you know, I hadn't spent any time, uh, you know, getting to know you, getting to understand you, um, uh, understanding your fear of, you know, your reluctance about it and, and addressing those issues, uh, then there would be resistance because uh, that person, and, and to tell you first, everyone can do hypnosis. Everyone can think, everyone can breathe, everyone can do hypnosis, but it depends on whether uh, on the kind of rapport you have with the hypnotherapist. If you trust that person with, you know, it's not that that person is going to 
I think when people come to me, uh, they don't have the bigger fear of being uh, taken advantage of. It's it's opening up. It's it's opening up to someone when you don't even know, although you do know, when you don't even know what's there and you're not even ready for it. And so you you do have to take the time to, you know, develop that trust. And and most people do. I I rarely, I rarely, and you know, another. Another reason why people have resistance is because sometimes they really, really want to solve a problem, but there's a part of them that doesn't. There's a part of them that feels secure in the old way of doing things. And so uh, what's important as a hypnotherapist is to allow that, that part to be heard, to be, to be valued. And to, you know, when you bring something out in the open, it's less scary, right? So, um, uh, you know, resistance, uh, fear in hypnotherapy, it has to do with trust. And it has to do with really uh, understanding, listening to the client. Yeah. Uh, Ellen. So uh, after reading a lot about you, uh, I realized that you have categorized hypnotherapy into two silos, a general type of uh, hypnotherapy and a medical hypnotherapy. Uh, so for the audience watching this podcast, uh, how did you, is that the standard way or is this your own analogy on breaking down hypnotherapy in two different silos? And what do you have under each silo, you know? What do you mean by general and what's medical? You know, uh, it's hard to categorize all the things you do because the mind is so vast. The, the, the possibilities are so vast and people want to know if, you know, if you can help them in this or in this. And so, you know, this is just my attempt and, and, and you know, there is, a, a big field of medical hypnotherapy. And of course, general hypnotherapy is uh, anxiety, depression, fear, phobia, uh, shame, uh, heartbreak, uh, um, uh, self-esteem, all these issues that prevent you from being the best that you can possibly be of developing your potential, you know, in a relationship, at home, at work. Medical hypnotherapy is, um, is when you can begin to affect different parts of the body that are, that are you know, suffering, that something is wrong, there's a weakness of some sort. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it was created by, that the problem was created uh, by an emotional problem or that you were born with it. Uh, you know, there are all kinds of things that can happen in life that, and and so I think you mentioned earlier IBS, yes, uh, irritable bowel bowel syndrome, and like here is uh, here is a kind of a, a syndrome that uh, you know that happen. They don't quite understand why it all happens, but sometimes it happens when 
and you have a really severe gastrointestinal problem, an acute uh, a poison, whatever, and your, your gastrointestinal system just gets screwed up. And it's as though all those, those organs in your body have forgotten how to do it. And so, you know, it's, and, and so you keep having symptoms, you know, really uncomfortable symptoms and, and, and probably the worst is having no control over your bowels. I mean, that is terrifying when someone can't go more than a hundred yards away from a toilet. And so this is something that uh, the, the, uh, this is a, a, a problem that research has, has done a great job on. And, you know, there's so many things that, that hypnotherapy has been researched on, you'd be surprised. But in this case, over three months, uh, IBS symptoms uh, can be eradicated. And a person getting back to their normal digestion. And it's just... Uh, you know, using, and, you know, I use, uh, I, I, in hypnotherapy, uh, you know, you want to just learn every kind of approach possible, because maybe the one you know, can't deal with that. So you borrow from ideas from as many uh, practitioners as you can. So, um, so back to your question, there's pain. And you know, pain, obviously, when we talk about it is, uh, in hypnosis, we're talking mainly about chronic pain. When, you know, something has happened, maybe you've had an accident. Uh, and, and, you know, pain is, is natural, it's important, it's your own, uh, you know, it's your own alarm system to tell you to take care, there's something, something happening and get it attended to go to the doctor. But and the doctor takes care of it gives you a shot or uh, gives you a sling and and over time the pain disappears that is the cycle of pain but when pain doesn't leave and the body uh, has healed then you know that there's there's a faulty loop of that pain and you know your your somehow your body has learned to respond your nervous system has learned to respond to that signal or has has learned not to recognize that it's healed. Um, so, you know, it, it, just in these two examples, uh, it's, you know, it's just a matter because, you know, the unconscious mind, if you, if you think that, and I say the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind, you know, I just mean, the 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 total of all those cells in your body that have an unconscious component that that uh, all of the all of the cells in your body that that are floating in emotions that once you feel them uh, your entire body responds to them so uh, you know so, uh, so so let me ask you then have you yes. ever used self hypnosis Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. You know, I've been lazy about that. That's in my 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 goals over the next few years. You know, I've been so um, preoccupied with 
with widening, expanding, deepening my, uh, you know, my skills, my understanding, my intuition that, you know, I go to other hypnotherapists, but every one of them says, Ellen, do you do self-hypnosis? And I'm, I'm embarrassed, but I don't. And I, that's, that's next. That's next. That'll be the next interview. Nothing to be embarrassed about. Okay. <laughs> it, 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 it's a process, right? Everything takes time. It's a process. Everything takes time. Definitely. Uh, so, so what is your ideal client then? Because as you mentioned, you shared so many, uh, you know, problems under general as well as medical hypnotherapy. Do, do you have a certain set of criteria to take someone as client or uh, like what's your screening in your Good own question. mind? What's your screening, screening process? Okay. Uh, maybe, you know, is she or she is not the right. Uh, you know, this is something that just happened yesterday. It's interesting. The most important criterion is that the person is highly motivated to do hypnosis because, you know, that person might think that I'm the one that has the power, but I'm powerless. I have to simply help that person use their power. And if, you know, if that person comes with the, the thought of trying it out, you know, trying implies failure. Uh, you, you come to solve the problem. And uh, yesterday, uh, uh, my office got a message saying, I've been to hypnotherapy in Australia because I'm in Hong Kong and there are a lot of expats. And I had such a tremendous experience that I'd like to give my colleague a gift of a session of hypnotherapy. And, oh, wow. you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with her. She finds it interesting, but uh, just to try it out. And I have had these clients before and it doesn't work. And I said to him, you know, if she's interested in hypnotherapy, but not, not motivated to change, she'll come, but she won't get into it. And she won't feel that fantastic transformation that comes when you're really, really motivated to change. And in a way, it'll ruin that opportunity when she really needs it. She'll say, nah, I've tried hypnotherapy. You know, it does nothing for me. I would rather someone just come to me when they have a problem or they have a goal, something they want to achieve. You know, you can't just, yeah, that just you, you don't really... Uh, experience the full power of it. So, Ellen, so unless it comes as an, expert, as an expert, when someone comes and tells you, I have tried this before, it has not worked for me. What is your response? What is it like? What triggers you? And you're like, you know, no, maybe. Oh, I can it drives me. <laughs> it drives me. I work, you know, I, I, I usually talk to people or communicate with people before uh, they come in. So I already know, but sometimes, you know, sometimes that happens, it kind of slips under the radar. And uh, yeah, there's something that just challenges me. I'm, I, I just work extra hard to develop trust, to, to allow them to uh, 
to relax, uh, to know that they're in full control. Uh, they can at any point say, uh, Ellen, could you put the air conditioning down? Or uh, Ellen, I, I, I need to go to the washroom. Can I do that? Sure, go ahead and then come back. So, um, you know, it's simply a matter of uh, developing that sense of trust that they are in control and that their unconscious mind will only take them where it's ready to take them. Interesting. Uh, uh, I have a couple of more questions before I let you go. Uh, but there's something interesting I, I came across and I want to share this with you, that hypnosis is now considered a valid reasoning uh, or a component to be used in a startup business. And I'm saying that is because there was an article in TechCrunch. Uh, investors have placed a $1.1 million bet on an app. So these are two brothers from Australia. They started a dress sharing app for women. You know, uh, they tried their best. You know how hard it is in a startup landscape. Nine out of 10 companies failed. But their father encouraged them and suggested they try hypnotherapy. Now the good part, they did, they went and they got hypnotherapy sessions and that gave them an idea. What if we could do this similar to meditation and bring our app in a market in a similar way that would be helpful. And that drove angel investors, countries, investors from USA and Australia actually uh, invested $1.1 million to back up this app, which failed miserably, just based on hypnotherapy. Did you say it, it failed miserably? It did. It did not do well. So they had a tough year. They did not do well. And the father said, listen, why don't you try hypnotherapy? And do, going with their sessions, they just they kind of related an app and they're like, what if we provide this app, the services that we are providing in a very similar way as a form of meditation that the hypnotherapy provides? Yes, yes, I, I understand, yeah. So, um, so they developed an app yes. uh, like, like meditation apps to do what hypnotherapy does. So they actually started a dress sharing app for women. It was a, it was a solid product. But, you know, startup industry is very competitive. You know, you only survive in startup industries once you get funding. You have to raise funding, you know, venture capitalists, angel investors. You know, it's, it's the investors, it's the numbers game. But they were not able to do that at all. And, you know, they said, what if we try to relate this whole idea, concept of the dress sharing app for women? Like, like having the woman a perception. By using this app, you will feel the form of meditation. The same way we felt when we did our hypnotherapy. Because this is emotional. Hypnotherapy, when you're working with people, right? When they open up to you, trust, experience, it's emotional. And anything that's, that you're tied with emotional emotions is something very personal to your heart, you know? So, so it brings that difference. It brings that experience, you know, that feeling. 
that I can trust. You know, what they did for me is something I can relate myself to. Let's put it this way. So I was, I was intrigued and I'm actually going to watch this app and the story of this app to see how it does in the near future. Yeah, I, I'd be interested in too. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious, as a hypnotherapist, you think, well, how can an app anticipate all the subtleties of the, the emotional uh, parts of, a, of an issue? How, how can it do that dance of picking up on the subtle clues? And uh, one, but, you know, that's from a hypnotherapist, and perhaps it does. And the second thing is, if you look up uh, on YouTube or Vimeo, uh, there are thousands of, of videos of actual sessions uh, on, on different issues. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they bring those together, how they... Uh, they bring the actual session with uh, the kind of uh, subtleties and individual, you know, feelings and, and ideas and thoughts because hypnosis is, is, is all about ideas, all about perceptions, all about beliefs. So, and those can be, you know, extremely complex. So I'll be looking forward to it also. That's, you know, it's, obviously really the brain is the next, it's the next uh, frontier. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, Ellen, now, you know, with the, with the pandemic, you know, um, what was the biggest challenge? Uh, like, did it bring more influx of, clients to you, what kind of challenges you face with the people going through the last year and a half of the pandemic around the globe? Well, uh, I'm not sure that you know, but Hong Kong has just been, has had a very, very low incidence of COVID. It's been very controlled. It's been business as usual. Uh, there were a few, I think it was in January when there were when we were getting an increasing rate uh, where there wasn't a lockdown, but people closed up, you know, in a place like Hong Kong, everyone kind of responds on their own. Everyone wears masks every, well, I can't say everyone gets vaccines because they don't. But so just to say that I didn't have, um, you know, the issues, the COVID issues that I got where people worried that they haven't seen their parents in a long time, that they can't travel to the UK or to the States. Their parents are, are growing old and, and worrying that uh, they might not see them, especially if they're ill. And of course, there, there, there were a lot of uh, there were clients who were worried about the economy, the world economy, Hong Kong, China, America, that whole, you know, propaganda conflict, if you want, is, is having an effect. And, and COVID is having an effect on consumer patterns. And, and Hong Kong, China, it's all about business. So 
uh, a lot of expats are here for work and and worried, worried how how they're going to deal with the transition. Um, Yeah, that that. do you offer uh, virtual sessions as well, or do you? So the reason I'm asking you is, if someone across the globe wants to reach out to you, do you offer virtual sessions, or you are limited to like I don't know, like how does it work? Oh, of course I do. Oh, you do. Of okay. course I okay. do. Okay, great. Um, and so if it's just like this. You, uh, they it's can. just like this. You know, it's. It's a little bit different from my office. It's different to be there in person. Okay. But um, what happens is I have, you know, Americans, Europeans, Brits, and when they go home, you know, they they contact me at some point, and and we begin doing virtual sessions, and they they feel there's no difference, you know, they they don't have to travel here they don't have to make an appointment it's just the timing is always a bit tricky but yeah i do so this is great because i will put in the description you know your website your linkedin so people can contact you if they want to thank you thank you i really appreciate that of course of course why not uh last question i know you have to go uh what is your message to the audience watching watching this podcast If there well, was something you wanted to say to them, once again, you know, what would what would that be? I think what I I I'd be really happy if I encouraged people to become aware of the power of their mind. That you know that I I don't know where this statistic comes from. Uh, I've heard it for years. It's people in the hypnosis know that this is the truth. Is that 90 to 95 percent of everything we think, feel, do uh, happens at an unconscious level. It's like, you know, the conscious mind is a little bit like, a, um, you know, what are those little machines that kids used to play with before video, 20 video years? Games? Video I'm games? sorry? Video games? Yeah, video games. But remember the matter, you know, our conscious mind, our brain is, is a little bit like the the, this, the little uh, devices the kids used to play with before. It's limited in its ability to process uh, data. You know, it's said that the mind can maybe hold seven, eight, nine thoughts together. But, you know, the brain, the, the unconscious part of us can process millions of bits of information simultaneously. And so the possibilities, and, and you know, when you know that you are the boss of your mind and that if, you know, you can do hypnosis, well, you know, of course, I want to encourage people to think and use hypnosis because, you know, why, why waste your life when you know that you can just see someone just, you know, less than a handful of times. I say on average, it's somewhere between three and six sessions. And sometimes it's just one and you can be free and you can get on with your life. You can begin exploring things you've never had the courage to do. So I I would just like people to become aware that those parts of themselves are accessible and to hear that little voice in their mind, to listen to it. Well, Alan, 
Uh, this has been just an honor, and I can definitely tell you your brother Michael uh, is proud of you. I am proud of you, and I'm 100% confident all your clients who you have helped are proud of you and are grateful for what you do, you know? And uh, thank you. I'm just, I'm just very happy. And I'm, once again, I'm very thankful to have you here. And uh, I will look forward to speaking with you sometime soon again. So I definitely, I look forward to it. And thank you. <coughs> thank you. No problem. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for watching. Bye, Alan. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.